relax. Yeah. It's gonna be all right. Nobody's gonna hurt you. Just tell us what you want, all right? Yeah, I I'm here to help you. Help yourself, fucker! I'm Heath. And I'm Jay. You're listening to Host of Horrors, show where we discuss and review horror films based off of predetermined themes of the month. Jay! Hey, it's also, as we know, to be Pride Month. So we're going to be here for the gays and the days and all the gals and the pals. And we're going to have a fun time yeah. while being scary. Yeah. yeah. Watching, watching queer-based horror films. All right. So... This first one that we watch for Pride Month in the month of June is something that has been hotly talked about as one of the genesis of queer horror films, at least in the past, you know, 30, 40 or so years. Yes. So we watched A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, directed by Jack Shoulder. Jack Shoulder? Yes, Jack Shoulder. He actually did, uh, what is that movie? Alone in the Dark? He's shouldering is... a lot of stuff. Yes, All right. Alone in the Dark. It's got <laughs> Donald Pleasant in it. Donald what now? Donald Pleasant. Who's uh, Ple- Dr. Loomis. Oh, he's, oh. Yeah. So, we're, of course, we're going back to Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> it always goes back to Halloween. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, always. I mean, Halloween. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right, you're right. But uh, it's also the movie that inspired the documentary, and that's how I knew about. Because I, I I remember watching it as a kid. It was one of my AMC uh, Halloween thons that was going on. But I I mean I didn't get any gay subtext. I wasn't looking for it. I was a kid. It was just Freddie killing bitches at a pool party. You're just that's killing all I saw. people at a freaking pool party. <laughs> but um, I learned about it through um Cecil Baldwin who is from um, uh, the podcast Welcome to Nightville fame. <sighs> I love that podcast. Um, but anyway, I, I learned because he was the narrator of a little documentary called Scream Queen. Uh, which is basically we love being a scream queen in this house <laughs> which basically showcases the uh queer themes in this film and so that's how i kind of learned about it and after rewatching, yeah i can totally see that 100 percent. i can i can get down with what they're picking up see i totally thought just scream queen was a gay thing was like, oh yeah, like the gays that love horror. They're like, oh yeah, we love a screen screen queen. Like, huh. you know, technically, you know, we have have um Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis is one of the just originators. Her mom definitely is like mm-hmm. almost the originator. The originator of the screen queen, <laughs> Janet Lay. Janet Lay. Janet Lay. Janet Lay. Janet Lay. So yeah, we have there's a long, long history of just like hashtag final girls mm-hmm. hashtag scream queens kind of coming up up in the mist and in this one we have technically our first male scream queen yes in the form of jesse jesse the actor is mark Patton. 
which he said this is like his only credit essentially i mean he's done other things like he did that shitty um anime anime not anime amityville clown house what that's the thing amityville what now clown house you know asylum studios uh, the studios that bring you like uh, Sharknado and uh, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, those shitty films you see at Walmart, the bootlegs. The yeah, the boot. Whoa, <laughs> I, I essentially call, bootlegs. Yeah, I call them C tier cinema. C- not even B tier. <laughs> C tier. Oh C-tier my god. Cinema. But yeah, you, you know the films you see. It, like it's like you got the good films, and then you got boom. <laughs> Got, and then you, the you have Sharknado or Birdemic. <laughs> hey, Birdemic or, is a classic. The classic piece not... of shit. You get out of my house right now. Samantha, you're taking his place. <laughs> we can talk about Birdemic later as a classic Alfred, cinema. Alfred Hitchcock stand. Birdemic is both a classic and a piece of shit. And we all know it. Hot take. I would rather watch Birdemic than I would Birds. How? <sighs> I said what I said. How dare you? <laughs> how How dare you? I thought we were cool. Evidently not. I guess. Anyway. So Mark Patton is Jesse Walsh, a regular teenage boy who is fighting feelings. And... uh it comes out in the form of Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Essentially, like, he has feelings and they come out <laughs> as one of the kill bitches. Like. No, this is such a weird film. So just going from a Nightmare on Elm Street take, this is the almost like the middle child or like almost like the step middle child of Are you saying family. that this is the Annie of the like <laughs> Annie, the redheaded stepchild of like the a Nightmare on Elm Street series. But where Annie became famous and, like, you know, outshunned the rest of the family, this is just, like, its own thing. Like, it, so, every other film in the Nightmare on Elm Street mythos, even the shitty remake of 2010, 2000, 2010, shitty I remake. I forgot about that one. I know, right? It's okay. It's okay to forget about that one. <laughs> even that one, even uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which kind of takes a meta uh, uh, take on it, even those stick to the mythos. This one is its just such an odd little film where Freddy essentially wants to possess Jesse's body. He's... Mm. For some reason, for mm. whatever reason, he is no longer okay with being the dream slasher. He he wants to be in the real world, which in this film is okay. Because in every other film, when he goes into the real world, he's just a, a normal dude with butterfingers on his gloves. It, that's it. That's all he is. But in this one, he actually he, he sets things on fire. Anything he can do in the dream world, he can do in real life in this film. It blows my fucking mind. Like, he is the most powerful he has ever been in his cinematic universe. In any film that he's ever done, he is the most powerful in this film because he can do dream shit in the real world. He made a bird blow up. A fucking bird blew up. And these people are like, oh, well, 
we're still staying here. I don't give a shit what happens. I think it's just the dad being just like extremely cheap as well and basically denying everything happening. And I'm like, you are literally like burning up in your own home. There should be there's something wrong if you're literally burning up in your own home. It should not be 97 degrees in your house and you're still alive. Yeah, you, no. you like and and especially with the bird, like a bird explodes me equals me breaking my lease. That tripped me out because I thought that was a dream. I thought it was too. You know, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So most a lot of the sequences that happened, like it makes you feel like you're in a dream world. But as it turns out, is real life. Like, and it, it it feels like the more you meld the dream world of you know Jesse into real life, everything just like starts to get really confusing, which is cool because I think that was the point. But it's still mm-hmm. like, oh, there's a lot going on here. I don't even know what's real and what's not anymore. Yeah, well, they did that with other films where it, Oculus. It's- <laughs> well, I'm talking about just in particular with uh, A Night Round Elm Street. But yes, Oculus is it one It gave of those. me heavy Oculus vibes. But even the first Night Round Elm Street, it, it's it's it, there's moments where like Nancy's in her classroom and then all of a sudden she's in a dream. But you don't know she's in a dream until, you know, midway through her walking about and shit. And then she wakes up and she's in class. Uh, this doesn't do that. This is just weird shit happens, and you have to figure out if he's actually dreaming or if it's in the real world. It feels like they they were keeping up with that mythos and then kind of said, fuck it, halfway through. <laughs> like, with the first bus sequence going on, obviously that was a dream. Yeah. But, like, when you go into stuff like him daydreaming and having the... Uh, the snake, the little cubo constrictor, what looks like, all over him. And then it turns out that that was real. You're just like, huh. Well, there's even other things where, where like the, the, the teacher, and this was the weirdest thing ever because I thought this whole sequence was a dream. Now, Oh, that sequence. Let me paint the scenario for you. High school kid leaves his home, walks, half shirtless like like his shirt's unbuttoned and just showing off his his beautiful little man tits that he had i going mean on. that was kind of like the vibe the whole movie though yeah like they were showing him off a lot for a high schooler mm-hmm. like even from the get-go like they had a little some, tushy out and he had some bitties too like not even gonna lie there was a part where if they didn't show his face a few seconds after they showed this i thought they were showing tits like the the where he's having the dream and he's squirming around, you don't see his face at first. You just see a chest with like prominent nipples poking through, and literally this man has like he's not chubby by no means. Like they're not man tits, but he has some nice bitties going on. So it looked like he had some tits, mm. like like acceptable grade A tits. But this is also like talking about someone who's like potentially like a minor. So it's like oh no, no yeah. Well, it's so it's it, like watching those stupid American uh, American Pie movies, yeah. Where there's nudity galore, but they're technically teenagers. They're technically teen. It's like technically teenagers, but you're just like, why are they doing this? It's like going to <laughs> Japan and buying hentai, not expecting to see a high schooler. I was gonna say it's like Euphoria, 
that works too though i've never seen euphoria Ooh. you've talked a lot about it i've Ooh, never seen it's it's yeah it's what <laughs> it's a thing it's anyway, a thing but it's so, just the fact that it, well, yeah he so he walks he's he's half shirtless and he walks from his house all the way to downtown where he goes into an s&m club orders a beer doesn't get carded orders a beer starts drinking the beer his coach is there weird that his coach is there but they brought it up in the beginning of the it was, film. yeah so with I get, him and you know, grady right was grady was talking about no, it? grady was the friend uh snyder was the uh no coach. no no no. grady was the friend that was talking about all of those rumors, about yeah about all the rumors, the rumors with to snyder S- yeah going yeah. to smm clubs but finds him there so okay weird but not that weird what's weird is that coach keeping on his snm clothing his outfit taking this kid to the high school late at night when it's closed just to make him ha- just to have him run laps and then telling him to hit the shower. Talk about a leather daddy. Yes. Weird. Then fucking balls come out of nowhere and start pelting him in the face. And I know how weird that sounds, but hear me out. They <laughs> they were sports balls. <laughs> start pelting him in the face <laughs> and i'm sitting here so this is before talking about balls to the face this is before they kind of established that freddy krueger can do his dream shit in the real world i'm thinking okay jesse's about to have a dream or oh jesse's in the middle of a dream right mm. I, i'm thinking this whole this is a weird scenario to have very coach, weird have the coach late at night have you run laps that, that's weird. run laps and just be like oh he hit the showers and yeah so i'm thinking okay jesse's dreaming and that's it but it's the coach that gets assaulted so i'm like okay is the coach in the dream with jesse are they both dreaming what the hell's going on and he gets like wrapped up with um, a jump rope and tied in the shower, stripped butt naked, whipped in the ass with wet towels before Freddy comes out of nowhere, kills him. But Freddy ends up being Jesse. So it's like Freddy's doing it, obviously, because you got all this supernatural shit going on. There's Freddy, I mean, Freddy in the body of Jesse. In the body of Jesse, yes. And it like switches from like that. And you're just like, damn. Yeah. So it's weird. It's like, again, like we were talking about, it's it, it, it's almost like you're watching the whole film and it's not until a good way past the whole half, half point mark before you realize, oh, Freddy's doing shit in the real world. It's not all just a dream. Mm-hmm. But the whole movie almost feels like a dream. It, it makes you not really want to believe everything's actually over because it almost starts the same way it begins when you um think about it and then it's also funny that the only difference between the first scene and the last scene is like there's a whole bunch of more kids in there jesse's looking all you know not Looking his like his normal self because in the beginning of the film it was like you have this kid who almost looks like a complete nerd, almost like emo ish. He looks like like the seventies, eighties version of what emo. God, what is boy that, looks like? What is that actor's name? He was in Back to the Future. Like Michael J. Fox? No, he was the thin guy in uh, Charlie's Angels. 
Are you talking about Crispin Glover? Like Crispin? Yeah, Cri- Crispin Glover. He looks oh like my Crispin God. Glover. <laughs> <laughs> he That's... did. He did. In the beginning of the film, he looked like Crispin. Yeah, um, I was just like... That's a weird name. Who names their child Crispy? You know what got me? What? The fucking dad sitting there going... Like, they're talking about the house being warm. And the AC not working. And the dad goes, oh, the AC's working. No, you don't have to fix it. There's nothing wrong with it. Just needs a shot of Freon. Shot of Freon? Motherfucker. Okay. If you even need to put Freon in your seal system, a sealed system is, is what... If you need to put Freon in it, then there's something wrong. You you're gotta leak somewhere. We keep on forgetting. So you do need to fix it. I keep on forgetting that you're a whole like appliance expert now. It's not. It's not. It's not like you, you turn every time you turn your AC on. It's like gasoline where it's using up Freon. No, it don't work that way. So if you're shooting Freon into your system, guess what, motherfucker? You got a leak. Just what if you just have like an IV of just like. Freon just kind of like Kew. every time it's like <laughs> it's okay. about to run out just kind of like, you say that Freon right now 410A which is the most common refrigerant in most AC units is $500 for a 30 pound drum so yeah I you don't need to just be shooting Freon in if, if you're low on <laughs> Freon motherfucker figure out why <laughs> it's the fact that you're just like really going in on this Dude, You're Freon's really going about it. Freon is fucking expensive. Everything's expensive if you want to be real. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to the real world now. I honestly speaking kinda, of welcome to the real world. I don't know about this real world, y'all. Like this dream world, real world mess. It feels like a lot. And I don't know, Freddy. I feel like I would just like shit my pants if I saw Freddy as compared to everyone else, dude. Because everyone else is like has some form of grounded realness to him freddy is a literally evil itself like we we've talked about like how you know michael myers is being personified as like the personification of evil and all that but like this is like the most like supernatural like super slasher shit yeah where at least one of them anyway where michael myers is like super buff but also just a human essentially um I mean, that's that's kind of how I see it. It's like he's a super strong human. Like, mm-hmm. Even in all his movies, even though like you stab him and shit and he comes back to life, y- you still can shab- stab him and like you shove him down some stairs and shit, you know? Uh, Jason Voorhees, he's just a zombie. He was a hillbilly and then turned into a zombie. And that's, then you got like, so, like Bubba like, from, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You just call him Bubba? Bubba. It's Leatherface. You just call Leatherface Bubba? Yes, I did. The disrespect. Mm. I don't like. Chucky, I don't like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's why. Chucky's I don't like the it. worst one. Even though he's my favorite slasher, I love me some Chucky. I even Chucky Hello Kitty. And there's a whole knife right here too. There is a whole knife. Chucky Hello Kitty. I love Chucky. So what but about him? He's just a doll. He's just a fucking doll. Honestly, I he's put a ch- three pound doll. I put Chucky in the same vein as um. As Freddy, because no. that's a supernaturalized doll. You know, you he don't. He doesn't see, have powers. You do. You don't see dolls that just come to life, though. I, I get it, but he. It's it's just a regular serial killer that put his soul into a doll because of voodoo. It's just a normal person in a doll. It's just the fact that there's a excuse for that. 
there's even go. there's even <laughs> there's even like an explanation that makes sense for why Chucky is the way it is. There's not really much of an explanation for Freddy. No, there's not. There's he, he was serial killer. He died and he di- he didn't leave. And he just he he just exists. He's just there. Yeah. And you're just like, does that mean? Well, in the diary, you know, say it's like you know, is evil itself. Uh, he is evil itself. You can fight it. And there's like, I guess, a way to defeat him, but it just feels like it's more so at bay. Like, well, I feel the- like out of all of the slasher villains, the iconic ones. Freddy's the one you can't really get rid of like that at all. Act, not, not get rid of because they kind of fucked themselves with that. With like the first film, they did the surprise ending. He never actually died. Mm. That Wes Craven never wanted to do. Um, if they would have kept it how Wes Craven wanted, Freddy's weakness is the real world. In the real world, he's just a normal, average guy. He's got a cool little weapon, but he's mm. just an average guy. Uh, it's the dream world where he has all his power. So if you could ever, in the dream world, get a hold of him, wake up while you're holding him, boom, he's in the real world. And then you got a fair fight. I mean, you still got to fight him, but you got a fair fight. Um, that's where this movie kind of fucks up because he has all that power in the real world. So Freddy is almost unbeatable in this movie. Like, they pulled, they, they fucking... They pulled a lot of stops. They did a deus ex machina at the end. Like, they, they pulled something out of their ass to make him vulnerable. Yeah, it did feel like that, but it it made for nice cinema. <laughs> it, made, it made me interested. I was like, oh, is he really about to die? Oh, I guess he is. Oh, I guess he's not. Um, but... I really did like that last scene, though, to where Lisa and Jesse were like, like they were in the the what the what the fuck is that called? The factory, and uh, everything yeah, as that... everything starts to like the fire starts to depositate, and all you see is just like a rotten corpse, and then you uh see that Jesse's like taking the mask off and all of that, mm-hmm. and you're just like, you know what? I was so confused by that. But then again, even though they also show uh, Jesse, you know, still technically being alive or whatever after he literally gets cut open and Freddy comes out of him, that was freaky. And, like, that was really freaky. The practical effects and the body horror in this movie was pretty good. I mean, there's some moments where it's, you know, clearly dated. I mean, it's 1987? 1986? Oh, God, no, earlier than that. Because the first one was in 1984. When was this one? This was 1985. So it came out a year afterwards. Mm. But, I mean, there, there's clearly, like, when he comes out of Jesse's body, it, it's clearly, like, a rubber suit. Uh, there's moments like that. Nah, but I, I don't give a shit. It's, it worked. Yeah, no, especially when, like, uh, Freddy's glove was popping out of his hand and mm. then it started, like, decaying open. Ooh! That was kind of freaky. But I don't know. It's just like it just confused the crap out of me. How like they go back and forth between yeah, this is Jesse, yeah, this is Freddy, and like seeing Freddy literally come out of Jesse, but yet you look in the mirror, Jesse's right there, and then Freddy's in the mirror, and it just I feel like it takes the liberties 
that if it weren't for the fact that this movie kind of plays it off very well, that you just kind of like it, the whole mythos just falls apart. Yeah. And everything, the rules set in play feel like they fall apart. And it feels like Halloween 2 all over again. Yeah, where <sighs> Halloween 2 at least was like a direct sequel to the first one. And they did kind of end it satisfactory where they like they killed off Michael Myers. And mm. It was supposed to be the end. It, it, Michael Myers to. was done. This just seems like they didn't know how to continue with Nightmare on Elm Street. Like it feels like uh, they're trying to go for anthology, but yet didn't really go with anthology. They like they tried it and then are like, oh hello, oh no, and went back. Well, for the third one again, it's like they didn't know what to do with it because Wes Craven created this self-contained little horror movie, and the Mm. producers at New Line Cinema, who was a new studio at the time, would have went bankrupt if this movie, if Nightmare on Elm Street, didn't do well. That's why it's called the house that Freddy built. Um, Isn't New Line wasn't New Line like uh, the same thing as A twenty four now, like distrib- uh, distribution? Yeah, they, they were they were distribu- So essentially, the guy was selling DVDs out of the out of the trunk of his car, and but he was a distribution center. He wasn't really a studio. But Wes Craven was having issues getting a studio to back uh, Nightmare on Elm Street up. Mm. Uh, finally, New Line Cinema was like, "Yes, we'll back it up," even though they had no money. They're like, oh, um, oh, there's no money involved yet. That all they were running on were vibes and vibes alone. But they found the money somehow, and Nightmare on Elm Street, boom, lifted them up. But the um, producers, or um, I don't know his name, but the guy, the, the, the main guy uh, at New Line Cinema, the president at the time, he. El Presidente. El Presidente. He wanted to essentially make it to where a sequel could happen. Because if this movie did well, which he had faith it was going to do well, he knew this was going to be a good movie. If it did well, he could sell sequels and, you know, essentially make New Line Cinema something, uh, get money backing that off. So, okay, okay. You take take a self-contained film that never needed a sequel and then a year later make a sequel. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing. They didn't know how to make a sequel. They, They were just like, okay, well, we got this guy who is it's creepy burnt victim with a, a cool weapon uh do something you know and, and they did something all right yeah they did something all right and made it like low-key queer along the way so which i love that the director to this day is like i never meant to do that <laughs> see you were never meant to do it but it did it so <laughs> you did it sir so okay so since it's pride month like i said we're gonna talk about the gay shit i always wanted to know because me, a whole queer looking at it, I was like, okay, I can see what you're trying to do, but it feels like there's a lot of inference. Like, was he dreaming about, <laughs> was he like low-key dreaming about his uh his coach? Was he dreaming about Grady? Like, that's kind of where my extent of the queerness came from, but it wasn't really... I guess because, like, I'm coming from, like, a 2022 perspective yeah. instead of, like, a 1985 perspective. I, like, what you think? I you can know, straight see... Man? <laughs> L straight man? L, L straight man? Um, so L hetero? The way I see it, if, if you do take it in a 1985 uh, manner, 
Um, Jesse probably lives in a very conservative household where being gay is just not an option. So I see it as Freddy Krueger as a representation of the monster, a.k.a. being gay. The gay agenda. <laughs> not Freddy Krueger being the gay agenda. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Imagine Freddy Krueger being a gay agenda. Yeah, I'll, I just just replace the sweater. Just uh-huh. give him a pride flag sweater. And oh boom. my god, give him a rainbow sweater and... Honestly, that should be our freaking prize flag right there. Just, just a uh, Freddy Krueger's uh, freaking sweater. <laughs> that's it right there. But that's, I mean, that's that's how I see it. I see it as Freddy Krueger is the representation of the gayness, like him being gay, but bottling it down, and it's erupting in moments that aren't prevalent for him. Let's say, like when he's doing the sex scene with uh, Lisa. And then the tongue plops out. Well, the next thing he does is go to his best friend, Grady. Best friend slash bully. Yeah, that's a little weird that they start out as like Grady being a total dick to him. And there's like, there's no time in between. It's it's like what this film takes place within like a, a span of maybe a couple of weeks. Maybe, maybe. two weeks, yeah. Well, but like, literally, it goes from him bullying him at gym class, him bullying him at uh, uh, science or biology or whatever the fuck they're taking, and then all of a sudden, they're sitting together at lunch. And then he's going to his house late at night. Maybe trauma bonding? Trauma bonding? <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes... Maybe Grady's uh, fighting the gayness, the gay monster as well. Yeah, who knows? His own little hormone monster. Yeah, it's kind of like uh when like that the the kid who uh uh punches you in first grade and you're like, "Why is she punching me?" and your mom goes, "It's cuz she likes you." Oh my god. Uh, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Grady was being a bully because he wanted that Jesse dick. I mean, the way <laughs> the way that he came for pants, oh boy, saw all his butt. Yeah. In the open, I was like that 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 was a little bit too well. That was well planned. It, are you supposed to wear a jock strap like that? Well, back in the eighties, like a lot of people wore jock straps like that for sports reasons. Well, no, I understand that, but like he didn't have any underwear on. Yeah, you. Don't... Every time I wore a jock strap, I put my underwear on over it. Oh, some people do that. Some people don't have to. You know, you you do, and then you don't. You don't have to. I know you don't but have to. Also, but like, like that's weird. Why wouldn't you? I mean, so it'd be like that, like. <laughs> It'd be like that, cause I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. A lot of modern jock wearers wear it with no underwear, usually with the intent of not having it on for long. But I think even with sports, it allows for a little bit less chafing if you put on underwear. If you don't put on underwear, like it does not really much in the form of chafing. Why would you chafe? Like, I don't see why you would chafe. Chafing or, like, there's a lot of friction that happens down there. You know that. I mean, I... I there's a lot of friction that maybe happens. Maybe I'm just not a sports You're guy. You're not. And I'm I'm not as much, but, like, even when I'm wearing, like, a, a jock strap, when I'm, like, working and stuff, because I move around a lot. I know you move around a lot, but I yeah, move around I mean, a lot. Yeah, I mean, I... I, I, be, I, I be, you know, I be chafing. I, I won't I say chafing, but, like, there, there, there's a reason why jock... Ex- Jock itch, itch is a thing. 
That's the reason. That's why think... that, that jockage cream yeah. that was found. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had that problem, though. Well, lucky you, you somewhat skinny, lanky son of a bitch. That's true. Maybe that's my issue. Mm. Whatever. Anyway, it's just that I think coming from a modern perspective, there's a not for me, I guess, is not as many overtly queer like experiences that I see in this film, but I can see where some people can be like <gasps> Hey, <laughs> and I, I, you know my, my that montage that was my <gasps> gay. Wait, oh, that was a pretty gay montage. That was that was a funny montage. That was good. And then I, even Jesse had a montage. I montage. also feel like I also feel like the way that they were shooting Jesse a lot of times also was like alluding to that, like. I know it's not like in the same vein as like Clown House, but it kind of gives off like a similar energy to where it's like they were shooting with the intent of like trying to possibly sexualize him. Oh, same thing with but, Grady. Hmm? Same thing with Grady. Like honestly, they sexualize the the men in this film more than the women. Mm-hmm. Well, I think everybody was like there's a lot. Everybody, all of the kids were like some form of sexual there was some form of sexualization in this film like because i don't know like the pool party obvious okay, but yeah, is obvious every, but everyone's but, wearing like swimming suits that's swimming suits. about it <laughs> except no, for like, like that one part where the uh, swimsuit kind of came off well, yeah like, but you didn't but, see anything, yeah, you see anything. You, you, like, like literally but you any saw... any other horror film mm-hmm. would have focused on the girls more than the guys the guys got all the focus because Lisa, even her being like the main female protagonist, you she would didn't think really get anything at all. all. You got more. You got like, side boob action a little, but you got more like face. Like you got more like her inferring that like, oh, this is turning me on, kind of stuff. And then the sun comes out. So with the guys, yeah, like even from the get go, even you know, for the reasonable explanation that, oh yeah, no, the house is hot as hot as hell. He was still shot in like his first thing that we see in him in in the real world is him in his underwear wet drenched in sweat drenched in sweat and everything else is like him like it was like not really wearing anything underneath his like you know shirts like he was like pretty much like surfer boy shirtless half the time like where he's like yeah like he said half naked half you know shirtless and everything even in his dreams and even in some parts of the real world they put him off as that so it felt very, it, it felt like the camera was kind of going for the gaze, but not really the gaze with a Y. Yeah. But I do agree that with Grady, that I think he will confide in Grady a lot more than he did with Lisa, but even though he likes Lisa. Again, that's weird to me because him and Lisa are established to have a thing at the beginning. He's taking, he's driving her to school. Like they already established the relationship. Like they're essentially a couple at the beginning of the film. Grady and him were not on good terms at all. And again, this film, the the, the <laughs> plot of this film, it's like literally a couple of weeks, and that's it. So you mean to tell me he can confide in his his bully of a couple of weeks ago? More than he can his girlfriend of possibly a month. 
who knows i don't know that's that is the weird part but it's also funny that like the bully walls broke down relatively quickly when they were like and they mutually were in trouble and they're like oh yeah and i'm just i'm just killing killing time i'm just like what killing time yeah. What do you mean killing time? That's why he was bullying him. And he had no I did like that. He had no reason. Had he no excuse. He literally had no reason. He's just like, I don't know. <laughs> and I think that's probably what started the bond right there. Even though like it feels I'm not gonna say it feels quick, but it just kinda like it just happens. This it, whole it, movie it, feels quick. Yeah. It's less than it's less than nine. Like minutes. I feel like whiplash because there's so much that happens within and like the parental supervision, or or lack thereof, was astounding. Like they're like overprotective and then were not protective at the same time. Well, I mean, the, doors got locked. Okay, Jay. Doors There's did not a get whole locked. Lot you can do when doors get locked. Doors did get locked, and the parent. I mean, the parents were very, you know, accepting of like things that may or may not happen at the pool party because they're about to get it in themselves with Lisa's parents, you know. You yeah, know. That was funny. The minute that <laughs> this was the minute that like she uh they left or like, all right, party on. I'm like, did y'all y'all literally waited. Not, y'all didn't even like kind of slowly get into it. I was like, oh, they're asleep? They're fucking I mean, yeah. You never had, like, friends over, and the moment your parents go to sleep, your buddy brings out the weed, and you pop out the liquor? No, because by that point, I was already old enough to do all of those somewhat legally. Oh. I had friends over when I was a kid, and that's what we did. I, yeah, no, the only person that I really had over was one of my best friends for a long time uh, during high school. And, like, we didn't really smoke or anything. We just, like, watched weird YouTube videos. And like, played Mario, dude. No, you you haven't lived if you haven't like watched um, what what is it that that acid trip lizard, acid trip lizard? I think that's what it's called. Or like, uh, I'd rather watch Into the Void. Anyway, it you know the lizard that's like um, what uh, in the early YouTube are you talking about? It's early YouTube. Oh too. my god, what in the char- you're seeing llamas and hats. Charlie, that kills people. It's Carl. I don't. I keep Carl. I'm mixing up. I'm. I'm mixing. I had a hunger. (laughs) I mix up hunger that that only fingers can satisfy. Carl and Charlie because of Charlie. You bit me. Yeah, you. That first video. That video. That was funny. And then like Carl. Yeah. I always keep on mixing those two. No, that's a trip lizard. You know what? I remember salad shares that. I hated salad fingers. My brother, he loves himself some salad fingers. I it's did not gross. understand. I did not understand. Remember old Greg? That shit was funny. What are you doing here in my swamp? <laughs> I'm old Greg. Have you ever eaten? <laughs> what is that? Have you ever eaten what from a shoe? Have you ever eaten soup from a soup shoe? Bay leaves from a shoe. From a- <laughs> you ever drank bay leaves from, from a shoe? shoe? <laughs> and I'm just like. What was that from? What was that from? The, like the Mighty Boosh? No, no. Oh, was that it was, like it was uh, something from Adult Swim? It was some show from Adult Swim. I don't. I could have sworn that was like from the Mighty Boosh. I don't know what that, the fuck that is. It's like a little British show. I might like that, be. I think they it showed on um, they did Adult show. Swim. Yeah. Fuck. Actually, now. you know what? We're gonna look it up right now. No, you're gonna look it up right now. No, we're getting to final thoughts. 
Yeah, Final Thoughts, all right. <laughs> My, mighty Old Greg. I can't find it. You better be lucky this thing is uh acting up on me. Old Greg. Mighty Boosh. Mighty Boosh. Mighty Boosh. But... I'm gonna yeah. make you. I'm gonna make you watch Acid Trip Lizard when we're done with this. Oh my this. god, this shit is this. so funny. Not my chair, not my problem. That's what I always say. Oh, sipping from cups. <laughs> oh, I think that's the name of the video. Sipping from cups. Maybe sipping from cups. It's Hopefully, it's still it's up good. on YouTube. It is. Like, it is. I've I've seen of it recently. Of course, you have. <laughs> see, th- see, this is what he does on his free time. I get bored, man. I see. Anyway, final thought. What would you rate this film? What was your favorite scene and uh, all that good shit? Mm, I don't even know how to feel about a rating. <gasps> I'm thinking about a good solid three. Like I enjoyed my, I enjoyed myself. I understood the, I understood the assignment, but I kind of understood where they were coming from when it comes like, okay, this is more of we're gonna stick something we're gonna throw something into the sticks <laughs> but start, start throwing shit at the wall at the and wall. it worked and it worked itself out it was kind of a cool movie i i do find it funny that they didn't they never really talked about the fact that uh grady's dead like they they know after he dies they don't never mention him again after like you know the final fight like that last little um scene that last little butt scene they don't talk about him at all well yeah no, they don't talk about you? grady at all it's i'm like ain't that your be- ain't that your uh best friend that you confided in well they also don't weeks? talk about the incompetency of the cops not knowing that fucking jesse killed the teacher they literally said there's bloody footprints everywhere and yet you still couldn't figure out that it was fucking jesse why is Jesse going to school? It's just why ain't that motherfucker in jail? Maybe, I know he didn't do it, but still though. But I guess maybe it's because you know this is the nineteen eighties, and yeah. he was was he out in the rain naked? Was it raining? Yeah, it was raining, but it wasn't raining inside the gym. It wasn't raining. Where all the blood the was. It was not. It was not. I don't. I don't understand how that scene really. <coughs> That's the only thing that got me. I don't see how that scene really worked. Not even gonna lie. That's the that's the thing that kind of did probably take it out for me. It was like when you think about like the logistics of that scene <laughs> in the terms of the rest of the world, just like I don't understand com- at all. It makes but no sense. But it really does cool, even especially setting up the whole oh Jesse is Freddy thing. I like that part. But other than that, you're just like uh I don't know. So. A lot of this movie doesn't make sense. No, but it it's still popular. So yeah, and now and it still gets talked about to this day as one of the uh, you know gay movies, gay horror movies. Even though you know that's gay in like the the most you know. It's like, gay basics. in like a metaphorical. Yeah, it's gay in a metaphorical way. It's like gay meta, <laughs> like. I feel like the only inference you can get is the fact that the uh, lead is gay. Yeah. That's it. Well, again, I can kind of see where, like, if if you pull in at spaghetti noodles, maybe the whole Freddy being the gay monster, I can kind I see that. It gives the same energy as, like, half of the movies from the 1960s talking about the Red Scare, or, honestly, the thing. 
I'm pretty sure the thing was talking about like uh communism. Or like the nineteen. Okay, I know. I know the the, there was the like John s- Carpenter one. There's like a theory that it's about AIDS. I know that. Honestly, I can see that too. I, I, I know can, that I can one. see that. I don't and know then about this communists. Was, I, I know Among was, Us uh, is about communism. <laughs> 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 oh my god. So anyway, I would rate it the same. I would rate it a three. I like it. It's a good film. The pool scene, A1. Feel bad for the guy. He he just tried to talk Freddy down. He would have been a good uh, uh, police negotiator. He would have been great. The the guy that was all like, it's okay. I, I thought you said your phone was on silent. No, my phone was on You're silent. You're a lion sack of shit. I'm not a sack of shit. You're right. You're not a sack. <laughs> <laughs> the pool scene was amazing. That alone gives it three stars. Okay. Okay, let's do that. I got. I'm here for that. So, that was a Nightmare on Elm Street two. Yeah. Yeah. Kicking off Pride Month. Woo! All right. So, what's our next film? Next film is going to be 2019's Spiral. No, not the Jigsaw thing. Not not the Saw. Not the the Chris Rock movie. This is Spiral, directed by Curtis David Harder. Huh. Never heard of it. Me neither. Oh, that's gonna be fun. Yeah. It, so, um, other than two films this month, I haven't seen or heard of any of these. Oh, we're both gonna have a great time. We're kind of going in blind. We're on going this in one. blind. Yes. So, evidently, it, it's not uncommon for there to be uh, queer horror films. They're just not no. mainstream whatsoever. The closest thing I got was, like, Ginger Snaps. That's the only one I know, and I was, like, a bunch of lesbian stuff, right? I mean, you can take it that way. I never did. I always took it as just, like, a coming-of-age film. Only, instead of a girl coming of age, she's turning into a uh, werewolf. Oh, spoiler alert! We'll edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) Coming of of age, alright. So, join us next week when we're going to be tackling Spiral for the first time. I'm, I'm actually excited about this one. It, it's it got decent reviews. I wouldn't say good. Who's in it? Um, I don't fucking know. Jeffrey Boyer Champ and Ari Cohen. I don't know who any of those people are. So, we're going to have a fun time. Jennifer Laporte. Still don't know. Have no idea. All right. So, like the video if you like the video, hit that subscribe button and that bell notification. Check out all our other videos on YouTube and check us out on our podcast platforms. And of course, you said all our social media, you know, comment, please let us know what you think. Talk to Jay. Talk to me. He loves that shit. I do. I do. And give me a reason to keep being on Twitter. Yeah. Because Twitter sucks. Mm, Depends. So, until then... Until next time. I've been Heath. And I've been Jay. And you've been listening to... Host Host of of Horrors. Bye.